Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 4, Episode 3 of Charmed. Hell hath no fury. Okay, so... Like a Hallowell whose sister has died. I mean, it makes sense because she becomes a fury, but the rest of that is like a woman scorned, which is not the plot here. Get ready for... Oh, that'll be several years from now, but... In the episode where Billy puts on the belt of Hippolyta, or as they call her, Hippolyta. Uh-huh. She uh, has that line. She says that, you know, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned in a situation where it makes absolutely no sense, but she did say it, so. Oh, uh, Billy. Billy, Billy. But, uh... We're not here to talk about Billy. We're here to talk about... Paige Matthews, and this show's obsession with her boobs. Okay, so we don't always watch the promos for these episodes, which we should do in the future. We did for this one because this is an episode about dealing with the complicated emotions around grief. And the promo does not touch on that at all. Nope, the promo is, look at Rose McGowan's big boobs, wacky music. And as you know listeners and max mm-hmm. we're working on doing a bonus podcast with rose mcgowan's memoirs and considering all of the bullshit she dealt with i'm very uncomfortable with how much they are just like look at her body she sure does possess a woman's form third episode on the show they give her the giant fake breasts just third episode not not the best start okay here's here's the question though what's more offensive that they give her the giant breasts or that they do a page your busted joke mm. so the thing about the promo is it reminds me a lot of the promo for the uh prude gets turned into a dog episode mm-hmm. where the main plot in that was actually phoebe getting turned into a banshee and having to deal with the you know fallout of her relationship with cole None of which got mentioned in that promo, even though it's the meat of the episode. Like, is the thing with the promos just they choose the dumbest subplot and then make it seem like the whole episode's about that? Do they specifically write these terrible subplots for the trailers? Because I know sometimes I'll be watching a show and I'll be like, oh, that line was for the trailer. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I definitely, the you're so busted line was definitely a trailer feeling line. But this is a thing throughout all of Charmed, although <laughs> the later episodes. Uh, I- I'm looking forward to the promo where a necromancer brings back the people that the Charmed ones have failed to save, you know, as a way to get them. And the promo's like, whoa, Phoebe's dating a zombie. Oh, God. <laughs> Which she wasn't. She had a boyfriend who got killed, who got resurrected by the necromancer, but... That's harder to make a wacky promo out of, I guess. Ooh, they should have brought back John Cho in that episode. Well, they should have... They brought back, like, one person who they actually failed to save. Yeah. And I guess they did... I mean, did they save John Cho or not? Well, I mean, he went into the afterlife successfully, so... Well, I mean, so did all of the people who came back in that episode, (laughs) right? Okay, so I just want to say about this episode before we get started that I remembered really hating it, mm-hmm. and it was good, it was a fine episode. The thing that I really hated is the rules around personal gain, and that that blame cannot be rested solely on any single episode. Yeah, it is the albatross around this show's neck. 
What's even the point of being a witch? Well, you know what? I wanna, I'm want i going to discuss it now. I was going to save it for later in the episode. Really early on in the show, like early first season, I think possibly even just the second or third episode, mm-hmm. Phoebe gets a premonition about oh, about winning the lottery. She gets winning lotto numbers. Right. And she shares it with an elderly couple who have fallen on hard times, but she also... You know, she she puts the numbers on a ticket for her too, because she's like, hey, you know, they this struggling couple can live off of half of twenty four million dollars. Yeah, she's she's taken she's taken her cut. Yes, her and, vig. And at the end of the episode, you know, the numbers are called, and they're the numbers that she chose, and then they vanish off of her ticket because she right, can't. she's she's physically stopped from profiting. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I get that as a personal gain thing. She got the premonition specifically to help the old couple. She can't, you know, piggyback off that, which does seem a little unfair. But although later in the show, they talk about her using her empathy and her precognition to help write her column, which I guess is technically professional gain, but, you know. I mean, she's helping people, question mark? Piper used her powers to get her job at Quake back when she was a chef, remember that? I mean, Piper uses her powers to keep dishes from breaking all the time. She uses her powers during sex. sex. Yeah. Also, to blow up her husband, which I feel like we need to have a longer discussion about at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah. She blows up her husband when she's mad at him. That's not okay. That's, that's... No, no, it's not. But so the thing about personal gain, though, is I understand that you must put a limit for story reasons on what they can do, because otherwise it's really the later seasons of Charmed. (laughs) Right. But it's really hard to introduce conflict if, you know, a witch can just make it all disappear. So I get that. That's fine. But if the limit is you're not allowed to serve yourself, then where's the where's the enjoyable part of it? Like, where's the power fantasy part? Well, Paige doesn't really get the kickback. I, I, I just, I don't feel like she should be punished with personal gain for helping out her co-workers. Yeah, I mean, the spell she casts is specifically a karma spell. I can't think of anything less personal gainy than may you have the day you deserve. Like, mm. that's just the universe. Well, notably, she isn't mystically punished for making her co-worker's acne disappear. Right, which is a different spell, that she uses the vanishing spell for that. It's the... But doesn't she use the karma spell to get the... The karma spell's the one that makes her breasts get bigger after she uses it to get the sexual harasser sexually assaulted by women in the office. Which seems like it's punishment for the women who are assaulting him as well as him, and also consent is just a nightmare and i and shouldn't the spell have backfired in a way that wasn't just giving her giant comedy boobs i mean like well she she punished him for being a sexual harasser therefore she became an object to be sexually harassed on it's it's a mess all the way down you know those you remember that like is it cake trend oh yeah that was like right at the beginning of the or right before the pandemic that feels like it was so long ago i know it was no no but this is like is it problematic and it like it looks problematic on the outside and then you cut into it and it's just all problematic all the way through that was a lot that was a bad metaphor but whatever 
All right, let's get into the episode. We can and probably will talk more about personal gain as the episode goes on. Also, a little bit more about sexual harassment, because I'm going to bring up the Better Off Ted episode when we get to that. So, the episode opens in media res with uh, the sisters hunting down some demons. Well, with Phoebe and Piper and Cole hunting down some demons. Wait, I don't think it's in media res if we don't go back to two weeks earlier. I think they just... I know it literally means in the middle of things. Yeah, I don't think you need to go back. Hmm. I mean, no, yeah, I don't think you do. I don't know if that's a hard and fast rule, but... Okay. Well, so yeah, we start We start with uh, them on a demon chase. Cole is driving like a bat out of hell. And Phoebe points out, like, this seems a bit much. And Piper's like, literally killing demons is our job. You know, vanquishing evil. No offense, Cole. And Cole's like, mm-hmm. So, okay, I mean, their normal MO is just to wait for evil to stumble upon them and then be reactive instead of proactive. And now... Instead, Piper is just constantly scrying where is evil, going where the scrying tells her to go, and killing whatever she finds there. Which is a lot more... Proactive. Proactive, and and probably a lot more useful. I... I mean, now they don't have to wait for someone to die to stop a demon. Although, evil is a pretty general term. I guess demons are more evil because they, you know, kill to live. Yeah, I guess the biggest problem that I have here is that Piper is going to have some serious burnout. But I know that she's dealing with stuff, so that makes sense. Yeah, I I don't know. It's very odd to see them being this proactive, so it, it does make sense that Phoebe and Cole are against it. Cole points out that maybe this isn't the best time for it because, you know, they are a sister down and also Piper's powers aren't super reliable right now. And Piper's like, but what's our worst case scenario here? Like, right. Like either I freeze them or I blow them up. Either is fine. We're fighting demons. I I do think though that the sister thing is the real issue. And I mean, that's what this episode is about. Instead of just tracking down random demons and going and, and blowing them up, they should be focusing their energy on training Paige right now. And as somebody who personally has a lot of problems delegating things, I totally relate to this, where you're like, ah, it's just faster if I do it myself. And it's like, yeah, Piper, today it's faster if you do it yourself, but in the long run, if you show Paige how to do it, it will be better all around. Yeah, although they're not on the most solid ground with Paige, which is sort of Piper's point here, because Piper's like, look, we need to be more proactive about demon fighting now because because of the reasons you listed, we shouldn't be more proactive. We are weaker than we have ever been, which, no, you've got that explosion thing now. Yeah, you lost Prue. That's a pretty... The strongest sister, they keep telling us. But, like, you have an insta-vanquish. I know we need to stop bringing this up literally every episode. Well, I mean, it's not an insta-vanquish because... It doesn't work on, like, higher-level demons. It's only an insta-vanquish on, like, the lower-level demons. Like the one they find in the cold open. They come across a demon. Piper blows it up. It explodes in Nickelodeon green slime all over their windshield. And one then we the go to credits. very few times in this show that a demon has, like, residue like that. It's very strange, yeah. I think that's, I think that's just showing us what very low-level it is. 
But when you say they're not on, on solid ground with Paige, you mean because she's not trained up or because they don't trust her? I mean, a little from column A, a little from column B. Paige is a fresh witch. She has vanquished one demon at this point with their help using a spell that explicitly does not require the power of three. And that's exactly why they should be spending more time with her, though. But also, Paige doesn't know if this is something she wants. Well, I mean, not to be that person, but too bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're a charmed one. That's kind of the way charmed ones work. You can reject the call all day long. They really should be bringing her on. Yeah, they should be bringing her on these things because Paige isn't getting starter demons like uh, Phoebe and Piper did. She's not starting with, like, the low-level people. She's not starting with Javna. Like, she's getting thrown right into the upper-level demon. Right. It's like when you're playing an MMORPG and you're low-level and then you start playing with somebody who's high-level and they're, like, on their normal-level dungeons and you're like, wait, I'm still grinding out! Okay. They should be they should be trying to get her to move into the house. Yeah, that's going to be a sticking point in Season 4, trying to get page in the house which she's very reluctant to do because you know independence and not letting your identity be subsumed by these people you literally just met but also demons are trying to kill you all the time so yeah her identity has been subsumed by that she has been drafted into the war against demons like i i mean maybe maybe they'd have a stronger case if they put up some goddamn wards but oh I mean, I was going to say maybe in the future it would be easier to convince her to move in if they weren't being so cold to her now. Hmm. And you said she hasn't decided if she wants to be a witch yet, but we come back from credits and girl is doing her research. She's got a bunch of books out in front of her about witchcraft. And I was so, I was so tickled to see this. Um, maybe, maybe spoiler alert for later, mm-hmm. for later in our segments, but I recognize several from her stack of books from every teenager's Wicca phase. Like, those were the books. These were the ones you picked up at Borders in high school. Oh, we didn't even have a Borders yet. But yeah, these were the ones you picked up at Walden Books. In the occult section. Yeah, it's very season one Phoebe of her. So her boss comes over and yells at her because she hasn't gotten in this application for a scholarship for... Some kid that she's working with, remember, she works in social services. And I'm like, well, maybe she hasn't done it yet because last week you were all like, you're not a social worker, Paige. Like, make up your mind, Paige's boss. So the mailboy comes in to drop off uh, mail. mail. Better off Ted has ruined mailboys. <laughs> For me as a concept, I, I always go to, yo, Veronica, I dropped your mail in the toilet. <laughs> It's not a funny bit outside of the context of Better Off Ted. But really, it's just the actor who sells it. Yeah. But the male boy gets mocked by a highfalutin, high-powered social services executive who's like, Hey, pizza face, isn't it awful having a greasy face covered in acne? Hey, Paige, let me touch your boobs. Okay, so there are some people who work in the nonprofit sector mm-hmm. who are just like total assholes and feel like because they're doing so much good, it's okay to be assholes to everyone around them. Like, that is actually a thing that happens. So, I don't have a problem with that. Although, it is weird that he's like a Wall Street pro <laughs> working as a social worker. Yeah, yeah, it's 
the attitude doesn't really fit the position. It's it's very it's very much like the language of TV. Like, how would you know he's a douche if he doesn't come in in his Wall Street suit when everyone around him is wearing like ripped jeans? This is my uh, ten thousand dollar watch. It cost me a year's salary. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Anyway, Paige gets mad at him, and she mutters something about his toupee, and then she accidentally orbs the toupee into her hand. Someone pointed this out, and it it, it really stuck with me. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't credit the person on my Twitter who mentioned it, but how much of a bummer is it for Paige that she makes it the whole show, and she still has to say the name of whatever she's orbing? Huh. Well, I mean... I feel like if she focused, she wouldn't have to. Yeah, but like season nine or whatever, she's still going energy ball, energy ball. Okay, well, I mean, I, I'm going to I'm gonna name someone that I, I read to you on Reddit the other day on the r slash charmed Reddit that I can't credit because I don't have it in front of me here. Who's like, how come we're in season eight and Piper still needs her sister to tell her to freeze that guy? Shouldn't she just know to freeze that guy? So, back in the attic, Phoebe's like, hey, Piper, maybe you should take a break from this, like, murder spree you're on. Also, she's taking a sharpie to the Book of Shadows and crossing out all the demons they kill like a serial killer. Also, also, Piper, you know demons come back from the dead all the time. Well, you could read underneath the sharpie (laughs) when they come back, or, you know, her grandkids can. I mean, I guess it is good to mark off the demons that you've taken care of, you know, since they come back. I'd do it with like a post-it note or like a little flag. Mm. So Cole's like, hey, Piper, I'm not super thrilled about the whole murder thing. And Piper's like, oh, because you're evil and I'm killing your friends. And Cole's like, no, I don't care about that. I care about Phoebe. Phoebe is the one thing I care about. And she doesn't have an exploding power like you do, so... I'm worried that she's going to get murdered. Also, like, sub note, I would m- like myself to not get blown up, and you keep sending us back against demons. And Piper's like, look, Prue is dead. The underworld is out for blood. The, the source came to try to kill us last week, although pff, you had a harder time with the demon you blew up in the opening. <laughs> right. But, like... We need to be proactive now. Now needs to be the time that we show the underworld that we're not to be messed with. Although, again, the reason that they are being perceived as weak, which we only have Piper's word for, we don't actually see any of that, but the reason they're being perceived as weak is because the charmed ones have been not weakened. Let's say weakened. And, And the solution to that is to train up Paige. Because Piper says part of the reason that they're doing this is that is so that they can get back to their normal lives, which, uh, actually, you know what? I was going to mock that, but that is kind of how the show ends. They basically kill all of the upper-level demons, and the lower-level demons are like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to throw away our lives trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. We're going to wait until you're old, and, you know, then we're going to roll the dice with your kids. Yep. Which... And Piper's like, eh, okay, my kids can, my my son's omnipotent, it's fine, whatever. Right. So, honestly, not the worst plan, although, like you said, they should be bringing Paige, if only because Paige will spread out the witch stuff a little bit more. 
Like, yeah. I, I just, I'm so frustrated that they don't set up, like, a training program for Paige. That's what they should be doing. Speaking of Paige, Paige comes into the attic because their front door wasn't locked in any serious way. No, I think they gave her a key. Huh. Well, at least they're actually locking the door, hopefully. Uh, right. And Piper immediately nopes out. Piper's like, I do not want to deal with you. Bye. Uh, okay. Piper says she she takes this giant map of San Francisco and her uh, her crystal pendulum and says, I'm going to go to my bedroom and scry for evil. And Paige is like, what's scrying? And I'm like, Paige, I saw you reading all those books. Also, you were pretty witchy before. Like, they made a point of one of her co-workers mentions that she's really into all that witch stuff. You know what scrying is, Paige. Come on. Come on. I know you're the new witch, but... Anyway, now now Phoebe is introducing her to the Book of Spells, which she does say is technically Paige's, too. It is part of her birthright. But not the club. You don't get a stake in that. Well, yeah, I mean, she says it's her birthright as a Hallowell. I mean, the club is is owned by the actual Hallowells. This is really her birthright as a Warren. Mm. So Paige is like, ooh, can I, like, bring it home and flip through it? And, and Phoebe's like, no, no, the book is magical and it protects itself, but also it can't leave the house. And then she just leaves Paige alone with the book. This is weird to me because I feel like she should have said something like it can't go out the front door or something like that. Because what's going to happen is Paige is going to throw it out the window. Well, I mean, she doesn't want to smuggle it downstairs past them. I guess. And she hasn't got to hang up her orbing yet. I guess. Well, so the first thing she does, though, is take out some sticky notes and start copying down spells. I feel like you didn't need to take the risk of bringing it outside the house. You wrote down all the spells you needed. So... Phoebe and Cole call Leo and they're like, hey, you need to get your wife under control, which, Jesus Christ, way to feminist, charmed. Well, you know. Okay, okay, so I think we had a debate about this. Mm-hmm. Um. So, Cole's like, your wife can't go running around like she's Charles fucking Bronson. And uh, Leo's like... Joke's on you. I think that's incredibly hot. Yeah, I want my wife to go all death wish. And then Phoebe jumps in and is like, guys, guys, who is Charles Bronson? And you thought this was a joke about Phoebe being a woman, but I thought it was a joke about Cole and Leo being old. Mm. When I, I guess the death wish movies were popular in like the 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose theoretically Phoebe would be not familiar with them i mean like, it, it could be interpreted either way but my initial instinct was that it's because phoebe's young and they are old mm, although no way grams was not watching uh Gr- grams was definitely super into charles bronson you think well he kills people a lot yeah but he's a man killing people mm. and his whole family gets fridged first i can see grams not being into that isn't that like every death wish movie like yeah he has a family the family gets killed then he goes and shoots people then he gets another family then the next movie happens and, they, it, and it's kind of gross conservative propaganda i mean it was reagan-y right oh that it's was. absolutely that in fact um saint jack the youtuber has a whole series about those movies. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. But speaking of Charmed, weirdly enough, I was going to sit on this for a little bit. Are we going to talk about Charmed as right-wing propaganda? Not necessarily, although it does kind of fall under the, that umbrella. And this does come up, you know what, I'm going to sit on it for later in the episode, but there is a relationship Charmed has with 
who is human who it is okay to kill mm. that i think does echo some possible uh fallout from reagan and the whole super criminals propaganda thing i mean yes as and as a democrat i hate to say this but it was actually clinton who who gave us the super predators yeah 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 there's the the concept not the yeah just want to clarify here that's not a thing and there was a thing bob dole said or someone representing bob dole said which was like Bill Clinton stole all of the talking points that Republicans use to win elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though. I feel like Buffy had the same problem. Who is a demon and who who can be redeemed and who ha- who can be killed without it affecting morality? Oh, no, I'm talking about humans specifically, though. Well, I mean, Buffy examined it. I'm thinking about when Faith killed the mayor's assistant who was just a man, and then Buffy, who had killed countless demons, was like, oh no, now you've killed a person. And it was like, okay, but now we're going to go over to Angel and find out the demons are just another class of sentient being. And also, Willow's going to be okay when she skins Warren alive. No, but that's treated like a big deal. That's treated like a line she cannot cross. And then but she then she crosses it. it. And then they're like, okay, but now it's a line <laughs> that she can't cross if she kills. But then they're like, okay, now we'll say she can't kill Andrew and Jonathan. But I, I think removing demons from the equation and warlocks, because we know warlocks are just people... But Charmed has an issue later where killing humans doesn't count if they're bad. Mm, so kind of the opposite of Buffy. Yeah. 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 Okay. This is, the, and which relates it to the Charles Bronson thing. It is okay to kill people if they are criminals, which is something Buffy notably does not do. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where Buffy, I forget if it's spike or whoever where she talks about how you can't just kill people who commit crimes like there needs to be human justice for human crimes and charmed has a real issue with that i mean isn't that what morality bites is about yes and theoretically it should be a thing throughout the show and it's again i know lots of it's it's a show that ran for a really long time and it's silly to think that it should have a consistent thing but like the kid in way way late not way way later but in the magic school episode with the headless horseman Uh uh-huh a kid summons the headless horseman who kills a criminal like he he escapes into the real world from magic school because if you get your head cut off in magic school you survive because magic but the Headless Horseman escapes and kills a mugger. Okay. And they don't treat it. They're like, oh, thank God it only killed a mugger. Thank God it only killed a criminal. Yeah. Like, and that's a thing throughout the show. Later in the, like, during the Chris seasons, they let a, uh, they mystically disguise a criminal as Chris and then let demons kill him so that the underworld will think that Chris is dead. This is an issue Charmed has that never super gets addressed. Mm-hmm. I forget where I was going with this and how it relates to the, well, I'm the, the big thing from that Jack Saint I Jack Jack Saint, yeah Jack Saint, uh, 
video is the bit where Charles Bronson gets a really expensive car. He parks in a bad part of town and then he waits for someone to try to steal it so he can shoot them. And this is portrayed as a morally okay action because he is killing a criminal. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. I do not want to get into human justice and that's like a different podcast. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, that's fucked up. And it's probably going to be a theme that we return to with a bit of frequency in Charmed because you're right. They, I, I'm shocked to say that a show that was originally supposed to be about Wicca and sisterhood and then the person who created it to be about Wicca and sisterhood got pushed out so that it could be about like cheesecake and putting and putting the three leads in revealing costumes somehow does not have a coherent morality system morality system or or view on on what justice looks like so yeah we'll return to that frequently well it's the thing with christy later in the show oh my i mean God. right at the end of the show we are so we are we are so ahead of ourselves now but like hashtag christy had some valid points well, the big thing Christy uses to stop the Charmed Ones from killing her is that she's human and killing her would be murder, which it's it's ridiculous to act like the Charmed Ones gave even the smallest shit about that at that point in the show. But also, they tried to kill Billy at the beginning of the season. They didn't even know she was evil. Like, I mean, they didn't, they didn't even know... What her deal was. What her deal was. And she was fighting demons. They just wanted to kill her because she was inconvenient for them. Like, it's ridiculous that Christy's big thing was, you can't kill me, I'm human, and it would be mur- I'm sorry, this episode, Paige throws the book out the window so that she can use it. I do like how she's like, book, you can protect yourself, right? Well, protect yourself! And then protect yourself from gravity! And it does. I mean, it's a book. Yeah. Like, it's fine. I, I accidentally tossed one of your books out the window. Like, not on purpose, it was just leaning against the window, and I wasn't paying attention, I opened the window, and it, like, fell out the- And I just went downstairs and got it. That was an older book, too. And it- it was fine. It was a hardcover, though. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fine. So, Paige comes down. She's like, boy, I sure had a non-eventful time reading that book. Ugh, I'm tired now. Guess I better go home. Well, I mean, actually, she says her lunch break is over, which, legit. Yeah. And Phoebe's like, hmm. Phoebe's still got her blonde hair, by the way. Yeah. Blonde. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's lightened. So... Leo's talking to Piper about her brand spanking new murder spree, and... <laughs> she won't even look up from the map where she's scrying from evil to to deal with this. I like how she's like, Leo, white lighters are supposed to guide, not judge. And he's like... Well, first of all, that's just blatantly not true. But secondly, he's like, I'm not just your white lighter, I'm your husband. And she's like, well then, I care even less about what you have to say. Yeah, Leo, you remember she was raised by Grams? Who you know? You know the deal! But Leo's like, oh, I get it. You're mad at me because I saved you instead of Prue. You're mad at me. And she's like, I'm not mad at you for uh, not saving Prue. This is going to be a thing throughout the episode where various people assume that Piper's mad at them for not saving Prue because Piper's running on Rageathol. Piper's like, look, Leo, I don't have time to talk about my feelings like a little girl. I have to go kill people like a big girl. Okay, can I, like, talk about the I'm not mad at you for not saving Prue thing? Mm-hmm. 
So the solution at the end is that she has to address the person she's really mad at, and the person she's really mad at is Prue for dying. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's legit. That's a thing that happens. And I like that Paige was the one who was able to recognize it because Paige's parents have died, so she understood the irrational anger you can have at a person for abandoning you when they had no choice. Mm. But it's just such a simple answer for the anger she's feeling. Like You just gotta yell at a grave for a little while. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure she does have rage at Prue for leaving her. I'm sure she's also mad at Leo and <laughs> and Phoebe and Paige. I'm sure she's mad at Paige for being there when Prue's not. Like, I... Look, I... I'm looking at Holly Marie Combs's face, and I gotta tell you, there's more than enough rage to go around. It just seems like too pat a solution, which is a silly thing to complain about when we just talked about how incoherent this show is when it comes to the deeper issues. But, I mean, that's what happens when they try to touch on those deeper issues. Speaking of deeper issues, Paige is photocopying the book at work, and gross, uh co-worker guy comes up to her and he's like hey Paige, isn't it funny how the word harassment has her and ass in it you know what else can have her ass in it you that is also a better off ted joke from the uh, sexual harassment episode yep but Paige is like Ugh, go away you gross pervert and he's like hey acne face way to have acne to the mailroom guy who's coming into the room yes Paige is at the photocopier, by the way, because she's trying to photocopy the Book of Shadows. I guess she realized that would be faster than trying to write it all out. Mm. But it's not photocopying. It has, like, magical protection from being photocopied. Mm. Uh, interesting, so does money. If you put money on a photocopier and hit the button, it's got, like, a reflective thing in it, and all you'll get is a is a page filled with ink, like a black page. Huh. Yep. So, like, it's cool. I believe it. But it does make me question, like, okay... What if she took a photo of it with her phone? Mm. Would that show up? That was the main thing I was thinking of when she was writing stuff down next to the uh, book earlier. So Billy tries to help her out. This guy's Billy, right? Yes. Okay. So we've been talking about Billy, the character who shows up in the last season, played by Callie Cuoco to be like the next young witch. So do not be confused that the mailroom guy with acne is also named Billy. And he tries to help her out, but, you know, magic book. And Paige is like, hmm, wait a second. I can use magic to help him out. And she casts the vanishing spell. I feel like this is the first time we've seen it. I meant to look that up before we recorded, and I totally didn't. I can't swear to it. I feel like it is, but maybe it's not. But she does the, you know, the... Make the thing that is abhorrent to my sight disappear. You know, the make the scene become unseen spell which gets used a lot it is one of the charmed ones go-to spells which you know what i get it's handy and uh, his acne disappears and he's hot now he's moderately attractive now he looks fine he's still kind of a goofy looking lanky guy but he's fine yeah but you know in a way where he could get it yeah i wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating crackers but, uh, yeah, he's attractive now, and Paige is like, oh, hey, it feels good to do good things. This is that thing Joey was talking about in that episode right. of Friends about how there are no good deeds. Which is why personal gain is bullshit. There are no good deeds because you feel good when you do good. So, Piper, uh, Piper has found a new demon, a new center of evil, 
and uh, and so she's brought so she's brought Phoebe and Cole out to to vanquish this evil. I do really like she's like Cole. Use your demon sensing to sense if there are any demons in there. And Cole's like, I really don't feel like it. And Piper's like, fine. And she tries to blow up the door. Nothing happens. Cole's like, maybe you froze it. And Piper goes again, and she blows the shit out of that door. Yep. And, okay, she blows up the door, and three, three women in very little clothing and massive face tattoos and giant talons come running out of where she blew it up and Cole tries to get her to run so she freezes Cole and then well she tries to freeze them mm-hmm. and she only gets Cole because you know and it's like I I just if he was in the radius she almost blew up Cole I mean she could have blown up Cole and during the fight Phoebe's like ah unfreeze him and she's like, wait, what if I blow him up? So she recognizes that that's an issue, but whatever. They fight the demons. One of them breathes into Piper's mouth. Okay, this episode has a lot of shades of the Banshee episode. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this it basically is... is a retread of the Banshee episode. Yeah, which was not that many episodes ago. But, I mean, it's fine. It's a solid plot enough, you know. At least Phoebe acknowledges it. But, you know, spoilers that Piper's going to become a a fury but when that happens and phoebe and Paige are discussing it phoebe's like oh yeah we've all been possessed or turned into things yeah she's had, like had boyfriends that got turned into things or were possessed had sisters turn into dogs you know it's just a thing welcome to the sisterhood page so uh two of the demon women get away but cole unfreezes and then blows one of them up with an energy ball okay which Oh no, now they're one short, and one of them breathes something into Piper's mouth. I wonder what will happen. Why couldn't they freeze? Okay. Is it just because they were too... It can't be that they were too powerful. Okay, I don't think that this is... They. I feel like they are mentioned as demons, but I feel like it would have been the thing to bring up. That they're good witches? Well, that they are technically good creatures. Because these are the Furies. Their whole thing is punishing evildoers. And Leo's like, yeah, but the thing is, they punish, they'll punish a shoplifter as equally as a murderer. Which is interesting because that you, I mean, they brought up Charles Bronson. I mean, that's, that's kind of the idea, right? But the fact that they're thematically bringing this up, I just, it's... It's interesting. It brings up a lot of the problems we've been talking about, and but in a purposeful way. Yeah. Like, if the problem with the Furies is that they they kill too much evil, they take too much joy from it, and they kill everything, and the implication is that this is what Piper's problem is, right? She's taking too much pleasure in the destruction she's causing, and she's just blowing up every demon before the demons even attack the Charmed Ones. Doesn't that imply that some demons shouldn't be killed? That there's a scale of morality, that it's not simply black and white, there's not just good and evil? Well, the show does kind of fall apart if you don't take for granted the fact that demons don't have a choice. Like, you have to assume that all demons are 
evil and therefore deserve to be killed. I think New Charmed tried to do a more nuanced version of this. Wait, if they don't have a choice, does that mean they do deserve to be destroyed or that they don't? Because if they don't have a choice, then you have to blow them up because they'll always be evil. Whereas if they do have a choice, then they have chosen evil, but it also means that theoretically they can choose good and can be redeemed. As we, we've discussed this before, honestly, pretty recently, but I'm going to bring it up again. In Charmed, there is never a demon that chooses good that doesn't immediately get killed. Except for Cole. Well, Cole gets killed eventually. Yeah. But, like, there's no demon that is just good on a permanent basis. There's with no... the exception of the warlock brother from season one. Right. There's no Clem in Charmed. Yeah, there's no Clem. There's no Lorne. There's no demon. Oh, Lorne. There aren't even demons that have, like, you know, oh, I feed off of misery, so I just, you know, hang out in hospitals and feed off people there. I don't cause it. Which you would think would be a thing with demons. There would be lower-level demons that do, you know, since their demons have to feed off misery or whatever, but just don't instigate anything. Right. Well, and I mean, well... We'll talk about we'll talk about it more. I think when we get Charisma Carpenter, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of or Drake, whoever comes first. Well, I just feel like with Kyra, with the seer character that Charisma Carpenter plays, there's a lot of room for nuance that is just completely abandoned because you know she was born evil. So what are you gonna do? And it's a thing throughout the show, like again, Kira, Drake, like. There are demons who want to be human because it turns out living in hell sucks. Right? And like, you know, it's nice to have emotions and not have to worry about your boss killing you to emphasize a point. It would make more sense if demons and charmed were like the demons in the bad place in the TV show The Good Place, where it's like, where they just really genuinely love that. They just love listening to terrible music by terrible people and like punching each other. What? <laughs> so they come back home and phoebe's like piper should you be worried about the fact that that demon lady burped in your face and some weird smoke went into you and piper's like i'm fine (coughs) but you know in a not in a i'm going to die in a period drama way you're right so cole tells her that she needs to chill and she asks him whose side are you on and i kind of love this he's like i'm on phoebe's side Okay, one of the things, this is like the prime era for Cole. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's probably not great, but he's pretty clear that the whole reason he's on Team Good is for Phoebe, and there's no other reason. Like, and his point here, which we talked about a little last episode in his scenes with the inspector, is that his goal, above literally everything else, is the protection of Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why he is good. This is the only thing he cares about. I mean, I love that he's ride or die for Phoebe. That he's like, look, Phoebe is my true love and I'm going to do whatever she tells me to do, whatever she wants to do. If she decides tomorrow that we're evil, then that's what I'm doing. And if she decides the day after that that we're going to become, like, monks, then I'm doing that. And I, like... Respects Cole. You know what? He deserved better. Cole deserved better. So, 
I, I was wrong earlier when I said Leo said this. Cole tells them that he recognized the demons, that they're the Furies, that they go after evildoers, and Phoebe's like, doesn't that mean they're good? And he's like, eh, they kill anyone no matter, you know, what the severity of the sin is. And the only thing they care about is taking pleasure in the murder of evil. And Piper's like, then I guess we'll take pleasure in the vanquishing of them, which... <sighs> so Phoebe pulls Cole to the side, and she's like, Cole... You say that they hunt evildoers. Uh, they do this thing where before they kill you, they make you relive the last moments of all of your victims. Or I guess if you're shoplifting, the vague disappointment someone feels when they're... You hear, <laughs> you hear the screams of your victims. And in the case of like a shoplifter, you hear like the insurance adjuster for the corporation you stole from. That's like, ugh, sorry, honey, I'm going to be late today. I have to process some paperwork. <laughs> but, uh... Phoebe's like, have, have you encountered them before? And Cole's like, I'm really not comfortable talking about all of the people I've murdered. Because it's a lot. It's a lot. And Phoebe's like, well, you suppressed your demon half now, and we never have to worry about it ever again. You're a different person now. And Cole's like, eh. Okay, okay, whatever. If you, if you say so, honey. So Piper goes up to the attic to look up the Furies in the Book of Shadows, and oh, it's not there! And she assumes that evil has taken it. And she's like, damn it, Cole. And Cole's like, really? Really? Like, I was with you the whole time. <laughs> and, and Phoebe's like, actually, I think it was probably Paige when she was up here earlier. And Piper's like, oh, God damn it, Paige. And Piper's like, you let her take the book. And Phoebe's like, no, I didn't know she took it, but she was asking a lot of questions. And then she was like, okay, time to go. So upon reflection, she obviously stole the book. And, and Phoebe's like, well, although she didn't steal it, she has an equal right to it. She's her sister. And Piper says, not for long. <laughs> and then, you know, Piper storms out. Phoebe chases after her. And she's like, Cole, are you coming? And he's like, um, this isn't vanquishing evil. This is an inner sister conflict. I'm not going to show up and beat up your sister with you. Yes. Whichever sister it is you decide to beat up. <laughs> Which, again, this is great. This is something Cole did last episode where he's like, you know what? I don't think my being here will do anything. I think this is something you just need to work out amongst yourselves. I'm just gonna stay here and let whatever happens, happens. Back at Paige's workplace, her coworker who talked to her briefly earlier is examining the face of male guy. And she's like, wow, no acne. I'm gonna lick you from head to toe. And he's like, need. And she's like, also, I got approved for a home loan, even though I have terrible credit. And then we pan over to Paige on the phone with the... Isn't it bad that she got approved for a home loan with terrible credit? Oh, I mean, it's the 90s. or It's the early 2000s. Home values are only going to go up. And, oh, yeah, she, is, and she's buying it. It'll be fine. This is before 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Now, there's, there, there's some unintended consequences for you. See, okay... Personal gain rules, I would like so much more if instead of personal gain rules, they were unintended consequences rules. Hmm. And that was like a kind of thing you had to be careful of. Like, Paige caused the housing market crash. Well, that's sort of how Phoebe describes personal gain to Paige later in this episode, where she's like, if you change something, the universe finds a way to balance it out, which is not how we've really seen personal gain work when it works when it's actually part of the plot but okay Paige also 
like she she talks to uh, the woman about her coworker about getting an extension on her loans, her student loans, which mm-hmm. I feel like is probably the sort of thing that should get you dinged before, you know, that's what should have given her the uh, big breasts because of, I don't know, inflation. Boo! <laughs> boo! Uh, yeah. So she, oh, boo. Yeah. <laughs> boo. Okay. <laughs> so we pan over to Paige on the phone with the scholarship people because she didn't actually get the application in, so she needs them to give her an extension. Which, good, yes, because this is like a foster kid who you were supposed to deal with this and you didn't, so yeah, good. Mm. And she gets the extension, and yeah, good. Okay, um, this should really be a time freeze, but I need to talk about it now, because now is the moment it's happening. Okay. So, uh, Paige's kind of punk-looking co-worker, she's got, like, scraggly short blonde hair and like a choker and her shirt's got like mesh sleeves she's you know kind of yeah she's coated punk right and she has a shirt that has an american flag and an eagle screen printed on it Mm -hmm. and like i said i should save this for time freeze but i'm gonna bring it up now what we are seeing now is a show that aired in october of 2001 yeah, yeah, we've mentioned it a few times before on other podcasts, but this was a really big thing around that time, because shows didn't feel equipped to talk about 9-11, but they felt like they needed to acknowledge it, so you'd have, like, Joey wearing a New York City firefighter shirt and friends, or literally everyone in Sabrina the Teenage Witch suddenly wearing American flag stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and it wasn't, it wasn't just Joey, like, for... For I feel like an entire season, at least someone was wearing some American flag or some FDNY or what is very jarring to see now, like um, a PDNY shirt. Hmm. Like, just because. Because it was your way to show that you supported America. It, it was, I think, probably a natural reaction Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely. I only bring it up because it's it it's a thing that means something completely different now. If you if you are 21 years of age or younger, mm-hmm. we're getting old, Max. Yep. Time, right? Time. Anyway, if you are 21 years of age or younger, you do not remember this. Um, but the people wearing American flag stuff everywhere was a common thing and it didn't designate a end of the political spectrum in the way it does now. Yeah, I don't want to say it was apolitical because, I mean, it... I mean, by definition, it was very political, but it was, it's seeing, seeing this person who is very punk coated wearing an american flag is not a contradiction or like an ironic juxtaposition it's just it's just what 2001 was mhm and it also led to a lot of really really bad stuff down the line but or even at the time there was a sharp increase in hate crimes against people who 
did not appear American enough. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, you know, mostly people of South uh, Asian descent. Right, right. Anybody who, who appeared to be Middle Eastern or, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I was going to say it was a bad time right now in the year of our Lord 2022. But. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Not equipped to talk about this at all. Moving back into Charmed. So, the punk co-worker lady is like, so, like, you're into witch stuff, right, Paige? And Paige is like, and and then she's like, you know, I figured maybe the stars were aligning or something. And uh, Paige is like, oh, yeah, stars. Yeah, that's definitely what's going on. Stars aligning. Sure, why not? Anyway, then then gropy McAss face comes and like he's just like a walking human HR violation. He like leans over the back of Paige and he's like right up on her. And again, again, it's so it's it's additional. It's uncomfortable anyway, and it's supposed to be uncomfortable. But it's additionally uncomfortable knowing what we know now about Rose McGowan. Yeah, he's all up in her personal space because you know the the punk woman was like i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna get a my loans restructured and and he's like my pants are being restructured yeah he's like i can help and he leans over to him he's like i'm gonna help you with those loans and she's like well maybe i could sue you for sexual harassment and take care of my loans that way and he's like i bet the judge would admire my restraint honk honk and then he wanders off gross and it makes my skin crawl and oh Oh, anyway, hostile work environment. Yeah, so she uses the Instakarma spell, and uh, Piper and Phoebe are walking to Paige's office. Well, I'm presumably they drove most of the way there, and they're walking into it now. And Piper's <laughs> Phoebe's trying to convince Piper not to murder Paige. And Piper has the like ominous cough of about to turn into a fury, and the guy is chased out of the building by a horde of women who want to have sex with him. Okay, so Phoebe sets this up. Phoebe's like, we don't even know if she used the book. And then the man goes running out of the office. And he's like, get your hands off of me. And there are all these women who are trying to tear him to pieces. Someone's, that, is, that is kind of funny. <laughs> someone's seen uh, Bewitched, Bewildered, and Bothered. Right, where, the episode of Buffy. Where Xander casts a love spell. Uh, okay. Although, I didn't get that the women were supposed to be horny at first. I thought all of these women were just physically attacking him. See, that would make more sense to me. I, I get that it's kind of like, they're like maenads who have been driven mad with lust and are going to rip him apart. Like, th- that is a thing that has, you know, long folklore tradition. Mm-hmm. But men are scared that if women become too horny, bad things will happen. Men are scared that if women become too anything, bad things will happen. Which is also a weird running thing. As you pointed out on multiple occasions in Charmed, if a witch feels any emotion too strongly or doesn't feel a certain emotion strongly enough, she is punished by being turned into a thing. I mean, that's what this very episode is, right? Piper feels her grief too much, so she has to be a fury. Phoebe feels too, uh, Phoebe feels too sad after her thing with Cole. Banshee. She doesn't feel love enough. Sexually harassed by Cupids all day long. That's, that's coming. That's coming later. Okay. Well, it also already happened. We've had oh, yeah. A 
Could, do you think they just couldn't get that Cupid back? It should have been the old Cupid, I think, instead of getting Coop. Yeah, I think they probably just couldn't get him back. Okay, so here's the thing. This is terrible because this is just this is just a consent nightmare for all of these women who presumably have been sexually harassed by him and now are being compelled against their will to chase after him and be horny for him. Not okay. Gross punishment, Paige. Yeah, I mean, she cast a karma spell. But yeah. but that's that's the thing, right? Unintended consequences. If that was the lesson, that would make much more sense than the lesson being her having giant boobs. Yes, because Paige comes out and she's like... Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to t- say one more thing first. Mm-hmm. So we've mentioned Better Off Ted like a million times this episode. And the reason it's at the top of my brain is because of the sexual harassment episode where Linda is required to go to sexual harassment training because she has no boundaries, which is fair. She realizes, oh, I don't have boundaries. That is harassment. Yeah, she thought she was just being friendly to a coworker who was sad, but she got accidentally gropey, and she's like, it's not my fault. I'm from the Midwest. Yeah, not an excuse. But then she starts using her sexual harassment powers for good, and initially she tries to, like, sexually harass the men and be like, what if I came up to you and was like... I'll give you $5 to say boobs. And the guy's like, boobs. And she's like, damn it, that didn't work. But then she realizes that she just needs to be really, really mean to them. She's like, ooh, are you sexually harassing women because you are sexually unsatisfied? Because you are sexually unsatisfied? That'd be one package I'd be unhappy to unwrap (laughs) Christmas morning. And it's like, that's the thing, right? Because as is discussed in that episode, sexual harassment isn't necessarily about sex a lot of times it's about exerting power over someone else right exactly so it's not necessary that these women want to have sex with him for it to be karma i mean if they just wanted to beat him up if like every woman who he had ever harassed just got to punch him that that would, that sounds like karma to me yeah I, I i really feel like it should have in this situation it should have just been you know them beating the crap out of him which is functionally what's going on anyway so Phoebe does the trailer line of Paige, you're busted because Magic gave her giant comedy boobs yeah. as punishment for using the karma spell. I do like that they're they're like, did you cast magic to make yourself have giant tits? And she's like, no, I am completely comfortable in my body. I did not do this. This is a punishment. Yeah. I, uh, I cast a spell on a slime ball I work with to, you know, let him get what's coming to him. And Piper freezes the crowd of women before they tear the guy apart. And Phoebe's like, what if you blew them up? And Piper's like, eh. Jesus Christ, Piper. I do, I do, I do like that Paige modified the spell because it contains the word demon. So she had to change it to, what did she change it to? Slime ball. No, no, she changed it to something that starts with a D. She changed it to like dickhead. But the point is, she modified the spell, and later when she and Phoebe are trying to reverse it, and Phoebe's like, oh, that's really interesting that you did that, and I don't know, I feel like Phoebe is passing the baton of the person who understands magic and understands how to craft spells, like, to Paige. Like, mm-hmm. that's a nice thing. I do, like, they they have uh, they have Piper get Leo to orb the guy out of harm's way, you know. Whatever. Until they resolve the situation, and... Paige drives Phoebe back to the manor and they have a discussion about how you can't just use magic to do whatever you want. I feel like we've been talking about this all episode, so we'll, we'll keep it short here. But okay. like 
how the universe has a very particular set of balances and you can't disturb them without throwing everything off and therefore giant comedy boobs. Okay, um, men writing women here. Paige's boobs are so big that she can't shift gears in the car. Yep, that's how that works. Okay, all right. Men writing women. So, Phoebe's like, look, we need to resolve this before Piper turns into a fury. And Paige's like, wait, she's turning into a demon? And uh, Phoebe's like, yeah, it happens to all of us all the time. And Paige's like, so is there a way I can, like, inoculate myself? Because I really don't want to do that. And... Nope. <laughs> nope. She, uh, yeah, yeah. Paige is surprised to hear that there's any plot going on that wasn't mentioned in the in the trailer, but here we are. Meanwhile, back at the manor, Piper is super mad at Leo for protecting the jerk because she's, like, going full fury now. Yeah, like, he's like, hey, you can't take me into this house against my, you know, wishes. I, I, I have rights. And Piper's like, yeah, you have the right to remain silent and then throws him across the room. And Leo's like, honey, are you turning into a demon? And she's like, shut up, Leo! And she blows him up. Although I don't think she does blow him up because... No, she does. Well, I... I, We have seen her blow him up before and I feel like the effect is different. I feel like she tries to blow him up, but he orbs out of... Like, he he orb dodges it. No, I, I, I think that's just her blowing him up. She blows him up and he reconstitutes? Yeah, I don't think we've seen her do it at this point yet in the show because this is before she becomes horribly abusive to him. Ugh. And she's just minorly abusive to him. And Cole comes in and he's like, she's turning, she's turning into a fury. And Leo's like, Piper, you can fight it. And she's like, wait, can she? Can she? Because we just had a whole discussion about whether or not demons can fight it, but whatever. Yeah. So Cole very lightly energy balls uh, Piper to stop her from killing the guy. I love that he's like moving so slowly and casually. He's like, okay, I guess and what Phoebe would want is for me to keep her sister from killing. Yeah, okay, okay. Energy ball. <laughs> he's like, I'm doing this as delicately as possible. And Phoebe runs into the room right after he energy balls Piper. And she's like, Cole! And he's like, I did it as gently as possible. But also he's like not super concerned with whether or not Piper turns into a fury. And I kind of love that. So he, uh, so Piper's like, I'm going to get my revenge. Revenge! And then she teleports off because she has fury powers now. I mean, I don't understand how being a witch, how you couldn't turn into a demon like, I, I don't understand how it would be possible to not turn into one of these types of demons all the time because your own powers are completely shackled and you're just this this ball of power with nowhere that you're allowed to direct it, even theoretically good things. Mm. So, whatever. So. Leo's like, you hit my wife with an energy ball! And Phoebe, thank God, is on Cole's side here. She's like, um, yeah, so that she doesn't turn into a demon, Leo. Eyes on the prize! Because if it's anything like when I turned into a banshee, uh, you know, this is temporary until her first kill, and Paige is like, you were a banshee? And Phoebe's like, keep up, Paige! I really, I can't with Paige's boobs, by the way. Like... They're ridiculous. I, I, don't, I can't take this show. I can't take this these scenes seriously. 
when she has the ridiculous comedy boobs. So the gross guy like wakes up from being attacked and he like wakes up directly into Paige's boobs and he's like boobs and then Paige punches him and he you know gets knocked out and and Phoebe's like Paige and Paige is like what Leo can heal him it's what white layers are for which will later become the go-to thing for the charmed ones doing whatever they want to whoever they want all the time also it's tv so even though she punched him hard enough to knock him out which would do serious damage he'll be fine he's fine yeah you forget because of you know superhero movies and comic books and action-based shows but getting knocked out is actually really really bad for you yeah right so uh Leo orbs the guy away just to, you know, get him out of the way so that they can deal with this whole sister turning into a fury thing. I just, it it made me think of a couple of episodes ago when Cole brought the guy down to hell because he was like, you said take care of it. And I, I, um, I think it's funny that they're, they're using Leo now. They're like, we better not use Cole anymore. Cole will just bring him straight to hell. So, uh, Phoebe's like, look, okay, we, we can't. We can't deal with this whole Piper situation until we get rid of your comedy boobs. What was the word you used in the spell? Look, I found the spell that you used. What was the word you replaced demon with? It was dirtbag. Dirtbag. So Phoebe reverse engineers a reversing spell using her spell writing powers, which she still has at this point. Mm-hmm. I should say spell writing abilities. She keeps the powers, but this time she needs to know stuff about like meter and where, you know, everything goes in each part of the spell. So she she undoes the magic, Paige deflates, and she's like, I think you might have overdone it, wah wah. Gross. It's gross. They made Rose McGowan say that. Anyway, the Furies are off beating up some guy, because that's what they do. He Well, he has a skull cap and a knife in an alley. Clearly he deserves to die. Well, yeah, and he is kind of clutching his head, so I guess he is hearing his victims. And we did see him mid-mugging. Hmm. But, you know, it's like you said, right? Like, you don't get a death sentence for mugging. You don't have, you don't get to be burned alive if you're a mugger. And then Piper orbs in and is like, hey! Well, she, she, uh, or, smokes in. Right, she demon teleports in. Whatever, whatever the Furies demon teleport is called. La- last episode I called the, uh, sources teleporting orbing, which... It's, it's easy to get stuck into it as the show's default teleportation, but... Anyway, she teleports in and is like, Hey, Sister Furies, let's all be furious. Remember when the Furies were like, It's Furian time! Yeah, she's like, I need a makeover. I want to go full Fury. So, back at the manor, Phoebe can't find uh, Piper via scrying because she's too Fury to find through scrying. Yeah, she's she's no longer Piper. They can't find her powers. And when they scry for evil, is no good because there's a lot of evil in San Francisco. It's like all evil all the way down. Like that is it cake meme. Yeah. <laughs> so Cole has had no luck finding uh, Piper. He, w- he went out looking for her. But he did get beat up. And Phoebe goes into this whole tan... Like, she's really pulling a Piper here where she's like... My boyfriend's a demon, my sister's a fury, I just want a normal life. No, you don't. You literally never did, remember? You lived in New York. <laughs> so, I think it's convenient that whenever you want Cole to not be too useful, because Cole is very useful. It's just like, oh, demon bounty hunters found him. Can't be useful this episode. It's a, it's a convenient little writing trick. Mm. I, I see what you're doing there, Charmed. 
so Paige is like, why don't we just use the to call a lost witch spell you used to call me? And But we'll call a lost sister. Yeah. And because now Piper's not a witch. And uh, Phoebe's like, no, the call of evil's too strong. I know because I get possessed every 10 goddamn seconds. And Paige is like, well, why don't we add a little bait to the trap? Eyebrows, eyebrows in Cole's direction. Right. And I love it that Phoebe's like, no, we're not using my love as bait. And Cole's like, oh, no, yeah, let's do that. Because come on. We've only got a few minutes left in this episode. I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> there are 10 minutes left. Come on. He also tells Phoebe that he's ride or die for her, which yeah. I love. He says, he tells her, he tells her that he, he would do anything for her, but he won't be a coward. He will do anything for love, but he won't do that. This is going to lead to some difficulties later in the show, but not that much later when Cole briefly becomes human for Phoebe, because Cole keeps the ride or die personality when he does not have the powers to back it up Mm, yeah so cole starts shaking his little evil butt out and being like "Ooh, i'm so evil as the sisters recite the to call the lost sister spell and uh we see we see piper respond at the fury (laughs) at the fury slumber party where they're doing her hair and makeup (laughs) yes and she's like "Ooh, fresh meat I guess she should also be after Phoebe, right? Is Phoebe evil? Well, she has a propensity towards evil. Uh, I, uh... And she lived in New York. The Furies go after any evil, no matter how small. Living in New York is evil? Or just talking about it all the damn time? I don't know. Well, six of one, half a dozen of the other, right? Cause... I mean, I you know what? We really, we really shouldn't make fun of Phoebe for that. I mean, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I... um. I, I am guilty of the, you know, in Portland, we do things better when I visit other places. Yes. Although, uh, you, Max, know that I've been reading Babysitter's Club to our daughter at night. Like, that's the thing we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the character of Stacy did a lot of I lived in New York, but I forgot how much of it she does. And it's hilarious every time it comes up when Stacy's like, you know, I used to live in New York. Well, there was a thing in uh, children's stuff, too. I think there was a kid in Miss Frizzle's class in the Magic School Bus whose thing was that she used to live in New York. But she was different, I think, from the kid who said, like, at my old school, we never went into a human body or went into space or what have you. Oh, okay. In uh, the book we just finished, Marianne Saves the Day, they actually get into a big fight. And one of the things that they yell at Stacy when they're all fighting with each other is, we get it, you used to live in New York! Anyway, back in Charmed, Paige is trying to get the orb thing down and she can't. And Cole's like, boo, growl, growl, because she orbs when she's scared and she orbs. And she's like, oh, great, fun, okay. Yeah, because they're calling the demons and Paige is like, okay, but what am I going to do when the demons actually get here? And they're like, look, just play defense. Hopefully you'll be protected by your orbs and you won't be horribly murdered by... Piper, or to a lesser degree, the other, uh... You know what, you know what would have been handy? If, when they were going out every night fighting demons, they had been training Paige even a little bit in what to do. Hmm. So, Phoebe's like, look, if this is like when I was a banshee, we need to find the root of her unexpressed rage and get her to express it to turn her back into, you know, a human witch woman. And Cole's like, I don't feel like her anger's been all that unexpressed. <laughs> right? And then Cole collapses to the floor because he hears all of his victims and it's debilitating, which mm. makes sense. That makes total sense. 
and to page instinctively orbs. I do like that she's not orbing any place. She's just orbing in place. Mm -hmm. It is neat having a witch who is at square one at this point. Yes. So the Furies all come in and, oh my god, I... I'm going to be glad when they get rid of Phoebe's levitation because I get that it's magic, but every time she uses levitation to go up and then kick people in the face, I'm like, you have no leverage. What are you doing? I know it's magic. I should let it go. It's magic. I see. I, I was going the other direction. I feel like they're putting way more effort into the wire work here. Her, not in this scene in particular, but when she was using the levitation in the opening fight, it felt way more natural than it has at any point, and it did feel like she's adapted her fighting to rely more on it. Oh, yeah, no, no, and that's fine. I just know, like, you're not standing on anything. You're not standing on anything. Where are you getting your power from? Your Lit enthusiasm? Literal magic. Yeah, I guess literal magic is the answer. But, okay. <laughs> but Paige orbs a lamp into one of the Furies, and Cole energy balls both of them, I guess? Cole, Cole is kind of the team's heavy now that Piper's evil. Well, and, he's he's the one who has an offensive power other than Piper, and they're fighting Piper right now. I do really like that Phoebe comes up to Piper and she's like, I know who you're actually angry at. You're angry at me because I wasn't there when you needed me, and that's what got Prue killed. The fact that I was in the underworld dealing with my own drama, and I wasn't there to be the third part of the Power of Three. And Piper just throws her across the room. <laughs> and then Paige, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, figures it out. She's like, you are mad at Prue. You're mad at Prue because she abandoned you. I understand because I am an orphan. I know what this is. And Leo grabs them and orbs them to... To Prue's grave. Right. And she stands over Prue's grave or I guess right. I guess she's buried in a mausoleum so yeah. she stands over her vault and or face to face with her vault and bangs on it and yells at Prue and gets angry and they're like hi Mary Combs can act 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 now and you know she does they're like Holly Mary Combs do you mind just bringing way more way more emotion and acting to this show that it has any right to request of you again for the third time in a row yep. thanks and she does. And I think it's a little unfair. I mean, I get it. They need it to. I've... I wish they hadn't had Paige be like, I understand where you're coming from because uh, because of my parents. Okay. I wish that she didn't have this personal thing that she was bringing it back to. Oh, you want her to just be like intuitive, especially because her whole thing is that she's a social worker? Yeah. And if she's inheriting Prue's powers, shouldn't she get empathy? No, no, because Phoebe had empathy. Oh, right. Prue was cursed with empathy. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But yeah, I wish this had just been a thing Paige can do without having to relate it to, you know, you don't need to relate everything to something that directly happened to you. But I guess. Well, and as I mentioned, I feel like this was all too pat and easy, but it's charmed. What, 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 what did I want? So... Piper has worked through her issues, and now we never have to mention Prue ever again. Seriously? I, I'm joking a little bit. Prue comes up a lot in the show. But. Well, especially when Paige is like, wow, I wish I had known Prue. And uh, we get the wrap-up in the kitchen the next morning, and... Phoebe has done something different with her hair, which really... That's what you're looking at? Oh. You're looking at her hair when she's wearing that shirt? What, you don't <laughs> like, you don't like the, uh... 
You don't like the uh, asymmetrical, one long, stapled-on red sleeve tank top? The thing about it is, it doesn't look like it's purposefully asymmetrical. It looks like one of the sleeves fell off. Which I know could not possibly be the case, but here we are. Here we are. Anyway, she's all like, so don't you think Paige has proved herself and we should accept her as a sister? Because also, what choice do we have? She's literally our sister and we're like, that's our, our deal. There's three sisters. Yes, last name or no, Paige is a Hallwell. And Piper's like, I know that I've treated her like shit and I don't like looking at her face, but yeah, I guess I need to get over that. Yup. Like... I'm not the most open person and it's going to be hard being emotionally vulnerable with someone else. And Phoebe's like, you don't need to be emotionally vulnerable with her. You just need to not be a massive asshole to her all the time. And Piper's like, well, that's not going to happen. So Piper does decide that she has to do something to mend, mend fences with Paige. So she brings her homemade muffins to Paige at work and is like, yeah, that's what I do. I'm, I'm a chef, right? I'm a chef. Yeah. Is that a thing? I used to be a thing, right? I, I like that she mention, mentions that she's a chef and uh, Paige is like, really? And she's like, well, I used to be. So this is her thing. She brings muffins to people to be nice. We also see that the sexual harassment guy is, first of all, not wearing a toupee anymore and also not sexually harassing anymore and looks very chagrined. And they're like, what did Leo say? And she's like, I don't know, but it worked. And I'm like, okay, that's frightening. Mm. He probably just white lighter memory dusted into a new personality. Possibly. Very possibly. Anyway, they have like their whole conversation about why Piper is so prickly and Paige is her sister and blah, blah, blah. And then Paige's boss comes out and is like, um, I'm sorry, is this, is this a coffee clutch or is this work? And Piper's like, oh, it's my fault. He says, who is this? And it's like, my sister and well, it's like well you still need to get to work well pipe piper says it she he's like and who the fuck are you and she's like i'm Paige's sister bye it's like that's not an answer to why are you not working but okay whatever i get it it's an emotional moment or something episode over <laughs> i like a lot of this episode the episode is well done as an individual episode but and I, I think this is the thing with Charmed. The more well done an episode is as an individual episode, the more it cannot help but raise questions about the dubious world that Charmed takes place in. Oh, also they do establish that uh, Billy's acne is gone forever. Paige is like, Billy doesn't have to go back to having acne, right? The and worst thing that could possibly happen to a person. And Piper's like, I think we'll let this one slide this one time. And Because like, she's the one who gets to decide? Also, I mean... Didn't, didn't the, van I guess the vanishing spell made his acne disappear. Cause I'm like, didn't it just make it invisible? Isn't that, but I, I guess it makes that doesn't stuff... either way. Right. Yeah. I mean, that it would be weird if he looked like he had smooth skin and you touched it and he didn't, but. Well, it vanished. So you wouldn't feel it either. Hmm. So I, I guess it isn't just invisibility. It's vanishing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But yeah, this is a pretty solid episode. I, no, I'm, it's genuinely a good episode. It's just it raises questions about what good and evil means in Charmed. It raises questions about personal gain rules. And also raises questions about why everybody's being so shitty to Paige. She didn't ask to be your well, mother's I mean, bastard child. I mean, I feel like we know why everyone's shitty to Paige. It's well, no, re that's, replacement that's puppy syndrome. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. 
But like, honestly, I feel like this does a really good job of establishing, I mean, the other two episodes did a fine job, but I feel what helps Paige and the transition into the Paige years is the fact that they aren't selling Paige as a replacement Prue. Yes, she's not just Prue all over again. Yeah, she is her own separate character, although they're never really consistent with anything about Paige's personality or wants or anything, but she's a very different character from Prue. And we kind of skipped over it when Piper was yelling at Prue's corpse, but there's something I that they touched on a little bit in season three, which I wish they'd leaned on more, but the reason she blames Prue for dying is that Prue was being too proactive. Like, demon fighting became her entire life. And that was a little bit of a thing in season three. I wish they'd leaned in on it more. And it would have been an interesting thing to discuss in an episode where the whole point is that Piper is getting too obsessed with demon fighting. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you there. It was a really interesting thing that was brought up, which I don't think was supported enough by the text, but is a... And it, it does add another layer to Piper's whole thing about not wanting to be a witch anymore, which will come up in this show's Normal Again episode later. But it's Oof. it's better because they don't do the whole wah-wah thing at the end of Normal Again. Like, maybe it actually is a delusion. I hope that y'all are ready for me to really go in, get into how much I hate Normal Again in the episode of Charmed, because this is one of the very few instances where I can unilaterally say Charmed did it better. Than Buffy, by the way. Than Buffy, yeah. For people who don't know, we're talking about the episode of Buffy Normal again. Although I think most of our listeners know. Yeah. So I think that does it for the episode this week. Yes. Uh, much like the Charmed ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous. No one? I, I didn't have anything. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there was someone in this episode who is a regular on another show that we don't watch, and someone... Someone will tell us, oh no, they're from whatever, but no, no one. Chicago Hope. Chicago Fire. Chicago PD. Isn't there like a million Chicago shows now? He's probably, Chicago Med. Yeah, Chicago Med. He's probably on one of them. Chicago Hope's a big deal, though. I, I wouldn't. Also, it's not related to those other yeah, shows. Yeah, I wouldn't lump Chicago Hope in with Chicago Fire and Chicago Med. So that'll take us to our second segment, Time Freeze. Is the absence of something, can we use that for time freeze? Because the fact that Paige didn't try to take pictures of the book with her phone was the thing I focused on. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I, I think that counts. I think that's definitely a time freeze. I It would be the first thing you would do yeah. in, in 2022. I mean, and for me, I... Uh, my... I've already brought up my two, the, the American flag shirt and also the the very, very late 90s, early 2000s Wicca books that yeah, I, that I, I, is reading. I, I yeah. think I had some of those back back in the day. You know what I was thinking, though, and this, this is another absence of thing as a time phrase, mm -hmm. but when Piper was just, like, striking through the text with the Sharpie, I was like, you know, you really should have uploaded that to the internet, or not to the internet, but you really should have, like, entered all of that into an Excel spreadsheet. Then you don't need to be searching for demons. You can just, like, have them on a on a in a document that you can reference and then you could have put it in a shared drive that Paige can access and she wouldn't have needed to steal the book but that that didn't exist in 2001 okay i mean it did but not without like not not, not as readily to a to a front-end consumer not to again go into the billy year i was gonna say billy years but she's on the show for one season 
one of the cool things about Billy, which kind of makes her more competent than the sisters, is that she creates her own system for scrying, which involves a... Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Well, it involves, I guess, probably map quest, right? <laughs> yes. But it solves the problem of you needing a map of the... Like, the thing needs to be in the map that you're using to scry, because there's a later uh, thing where Piper can't find a specific person because she's not using the correct map. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, uh, last segment, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you? Is it too easy? I'm, I'm going with the Piper's breakdown at Prue's grave. I mean, that was good. It's expected, though, so I'm going to go with Cole's being ride or die for Phoebe. That's... It, it is really good. And it's nice to see a relationship where the two characters don't hate each other. Right? For now. For now. It's such a low bar. I know, I know. Ugh. So the next episode we're going to talk about is Enter the Demon. And the description on Peacock is trouble for Paige and Phoebe after a potion mishap causes the sisters to change bodies. Too early. We don't know enough about Paige for this to be effective. Right? We've established nothing about her life other than where her work location is and that her parents are dead. And that she used to have a bird. I don't remember that. Remember, she had a bird, and then the oh, source, yeah! the source of all evil killed her bird. Okay, I guess we've established more about her life than I remember, but still not enough. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that does it for this week. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. We can also be contacted at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail or at ilovetvzines at twitter.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. Mm-hmm.